Welcome to the DJE Podcast, where you will learn about real estate investing from real life examples. Here's your host, Devin Elder. All right, let's get the podcast kicked off. Kind of an in-house thing. Justin Liggett, welcome. How are you? Thank you. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, always good to do it in podcast studio. And today we're doing an in company podcast company. so hey, it's very small today good good stuff yeah <laughs> a lot easier to schedule we just very both walk so. in here right yeah, i know right <laughs> yeah so um good good well excited to kind of dive in on this episode we wanted to talk about um coming to the close of the year closing out 2021 what we see for next year talk about some of those things so let's let's jump in this this yeah. is, should be good for our investor base to kind of catch up and also for folks that are kind of in our universe or just kind of aware of us, you know, let's, what are we, what are we up to and what are we, what are we going to do? Yeah, exactly. You know, it's that time of year where people start reflecting on what's happened, what they're thankful for, what the things they want to change maybe in 2022. So sure. I thought kind of, you know, it'd be a good conversation to have to talk about what's happened up to this point really in 2021, maybe even what are some of the things that happened in 2020 that have bared, uh, bared fruit for us in 2021 kind of thing. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, ultimately what are our resolutions going into 2022 yes. and what are, what are, what are the, what does the lay of the land look like for us? Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Great. So what have we seen so far in 2021 up to this point? You know, what does the year look like? How would you describe that Devin? Yeah, I think, uh, uh, fast, right. Everything's relative. 2020 for everybody was such a such a drag in so many ways. I really don't want to beat that horse any more than it's been beaten. But uh, tough year, um, longest year on record. 2021, I you know seems to be a consensus that everybody I talk to can't believe it's over. You know we're we're launching this episode on Thanksgiving. The year's gone. You know, it's just amazing how quick it's gone. Literally by. preparing for this conversation, I kept defaulting back to saying 2020 because it's almost yeah. like a trauma response. It it's is like, like, I still feel like we're recovering from 2020, but it's almost right. 2021 is almost over and we're heading into the new year. So I feel like a lot of people kind of have that sentiment, or at least they right. are still kind of psychologically and emotionally and just sure. even professionally kind of getting to this point now to where they're like, okay, it's not 2020 anymore. It's actually 2021 and it's almost over. So, right. Yeah. I mean, I definitely get that uh, and definitely sympathize with that, especially whenever it relates to our investors. Yeah, that's right. So that's, it's good. Um, one of the interesting things about our transaction life cycle, it takes so long to close these multifamily deals um, that, you know, we're, we're really like squarely in 2022 right now, because if we're going to close stuff in 2022 and map out our targets and goals, well, we need to get those things under contract right now because exactly. they're going to, they're going to take 75, 85 days, uh, to actually close from the time we go into escrow, which is a big chunk of the year. Absolutely. Um, you know, I kind of mentioned a, a few seconds ago, like things that we kind of did in 2020. I don't want to necessarily talk about like COVID response things, but things right. that just kind of coincided with us kind of taking a step back and like working on the business that we kind of saw bear fruit in 2021. I know on my side of the fence and things that I deal with and the most consistent piece of feedback that we've gotten or that I've gotten from investors is just like the, um, the enhancements to frequency and actually what we reporting from a consistent basis mm -hmm. just improved dramatically, uh, during that time frame, And that was very much a deliberate effort, I think on our part right. to make sure and, um, to, to, assure people on a consistent basis with the same you know data sets that are basically how we measure success in a multifamily investment like what is happening at the asset and how is it still just business as usual for dje and our investments 
Um, so I think that that really kind of in what in the feedback that I've gotten from some of our investors really kind of gave investors a lot of confidence as far as um, right. as far as our business plan is concerned, but also like our th investment thesis and multifamily, um, and that ultimately, um, you know, that was really kind of capped off by the fact that. Um, you know, distributions were continuing on in that, that right. sort of fashion, kind of giving people that warm and fuzzy with the mailbox money on a monthly basis was definitely something that really kind of helped that. But at the same time, people just felt communicated with, I felt like. Right. And, um, they felt like we were at least being empathetic to the fact that there was no evasiveness. And right. There was no hiding or anything like that during that time frame. Even whenever it was hard news, we were at least willing to have that conversation. It's really important. I think that it's two, it's two forms of communication. We do spend a lot of energy and time on the, the timeliness of the communication and photos and metrics and things. And then there's the the money, right? right? Which is, they're both important. The consistency is vitally important. And I, and I talked to a lot of, you know, new or aspiring sponsors and kind of try to drive that home with them that uh, the 15th of the month, we communicate on the 15th. It rolls around quick. Right. You know, I mean, it's like you get it done and holy smokes, it's, it's, it's on you again. Um, and it takes some effort and forethought to, to make sure you're getting those communications out in a timely fashion. So I always encourage new sponsors or aspiring sponsors to, to really put that forefront. Right. Um, and, and I think you've done a great job with firm. We've done a great job kind of communicating as a team in order to get that out. Super important. Um, but the exclamation mark, is the mail is the mail yeah that's yeah. right that's, the, that's or, the, or the punctuation i guess in the in the sentence yeah it is it's like i know i always joke around like we work so hard on our communications but people are like show show me the money you're right it's, right so. yeah i mean and it's they're two different things like right. one is a um an immediate for gratification sort of like quick hit sort of thing with the with the money in the account sort of thing right communications are i think something that is a build up over time it, it's something that moves a lot more geologically as far as moving the needle on it and you just have to build upon it because it's it's in line with consistency, kind of like we talked about. Right. It doesn't happen overnight. For sure. Um, so, yeah, so it's definitely two different types of plays, but they definitely work rowing in the same direction. Yeah. You know, my experience as a passive investor with um, some other sponsors and friends of mine, I'll get the email that I got the distribution. Mm -hmm. And then later that day, maybe I get the communication on kind of the, the details of the project and occupancy. And it's almost like an afterthought. It's like, well, the, the money came in. So, you know, the, the details of the property, sure. obviously it's important too. It's kind of a two part communication and we do the same thing. Right. You know, in 2020, the big things for us, um, we're getting the, the property management company off the ground. I mean, that, that was something that I never envisioned. Um, you know, never wanted to take on that that piece of the business. It's an entirely different business. Um, but like a lot of, you know, a lot of things that was kind of born out of some pain with an existing third-party management company that we just had some serious issues with on two assets. Mm -hmm. And it was so painful that it was, it, 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 you know, drove us to create that management company, which turned out to be uh, amazing because the property management is really hard work. Um, I think it's often overlooked from sponsors that are putting deals together and, and running spreadsheets all day. Um, and, and you can't just plug in some third party and, and off you go and the investment's going to do great. So we put together an amazing team on the property management side. It's grown, uh, you know, we'll be north of 50 employees, you know, on that division. It's just incredible. And, but what that's given us is, um, fundamentally c control. 
you know, and so having that control and being our own client, so to speak, uh, all the way through the stack, I mean, through or all the way through the cycle from looking at deals and underwriting deals and knowing that we're taught we're, we're working with real numbers that our company is projecting through the operations very important all the way through to the to the exit and going full cycle on deals it's just a hand in glove approach i am way more confident about the numbers that we can project knowing that it's our company that's actually executing you know vertically integrated top to bottom the whole stack so uh tough to get that set up and running but we have an awesome team it's grown like crazy um handful of folks on the corporate staff there and just um it's been a lot of fun too you know we Absolutely. have this like big company now and that's <laughs> I know. that's uh that's kind of interesting you know, we played had the kickball tournament i know right a few weeks ago and i was like holy moly there's i was a lot of people wearing shirts scored simply because there were so many people. so many people <laughs> yeah it's like this, this wasn't like this and yeah like, right and it, and it was like out of nowhere yeah. exactly and like that's the thing though is like you know kind of going back to using that and the communications are like, we wouldn't have been able to make the enhancements to communications if it wouldn't have been for the property management company. I right. Think. Like that was a very big part of just like, not only being able to buckle down on like, what are the, the metrics and what are the things that we're gonna report on consistently across our portfolio, but at the same time, like like you said, control, having absolute certainty that those numbers are, are good to pass along to our investors. And right. So I think that that was a huge thing, kind of just working hand in hand or hand in glove, kind of like how you described. Yeah, yeah, so that was, that was um, you know, starting things is hard mm -hmm. and it was uncertain. I mean, you know, starting a new company and having, uh, kind of putting some of my own capital to start that business right in the middle of COVID. It's kind of, kind of crazy. Um, but now that it's up and running, so grateful that, that that's there. And it's really enabled the rest of our growth too. Um, one other thing, just kind of changing gears on 2020, we only closed 400 doors. You know, we had a target of 800 doors in, I'm sorry, in 2021. Right. Um, just because, you know, we're picky about deals. We're going to be own these things for several years. We're going to bring on millions of dollars of investor capital. We don't, we don't just uh, do it willy-nilly. There's a whole process that goes into it. But, you know, one thing we're able to do is, in the last several years, is get into this, this land investment right. stuff. And I don't want to belabor that too much. But if, when I look at 2021, we had some nice base hits throughout the year, which helps everybody, right? It helps us with deal flow. It helps put something in front of investors. It's a great return. It helps us kind of supplement our multifamily uh, acquisitions. And so that, that was great in 2021. I, we love the land. Yeah. Days. It's I been mean, a simple. Yeah. Been raving fans at least because a lot of our investors, especially for our like investors who are so long in the tooth on multifamily, not just with us, but with other operators as well. This is a real nice short-term compliment that's not a cd right or some sort of insurance i mean basically some other sort of product that allows them to still be in real estate but doesn't allow them to be so in such a long time horizon consistently across right the portfolio so i've got nothing but 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 just raving fans as far as some of our investors who like that yeah so that's been great i foresee lots of that in 2022 mm -hmm. um very simple. I mean, we're not even taking on debt on these projects, right. right? It's like a very low risk proposition for investors. Come in, you know, we we syndicate the capital, we invest in it, they invest in it. There's literally no bank. It's first lien and we're out in 12 months max. So yeah. that's been, um, it's also fun. I mean, we're buying ranch land in Texas. I love that stuff. Um, it's an easy business model and 
you know, fundamentally, it's a, it's a nice supplement. It's another menu item to have. Exactly. And obviously, we're going to continue to do multifamily, but uh, that that was a nice uh, element, I think, of of twenty twenty one in the business. Yeah. Quib- uh, arrow in the quiver, kind of. Thing. There you go. Yep. Yeah. So, yep. um, the rest of the year, what do you see? You know, in the the sprint towards the end of twenty twenty one. Yeah, it's interesting. There's a point that comes, I guess, in um, kind of October ish where we were, you know, a few weeks ago where it's like, Hey, if we're going to close in 2021, we need to be under contract either on the sell side or the buy side. Like it, they take so long to close. So we kind of miss that window for deals that could close in 2021 and immediately pivoted to like, all right, what's Q1 look like? Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, it's kind of a rush up to that period. Like, right. can we close something in 2020? And then once that very small window passes, um, Hey, we're on to Q1. So that's kind of where we are, which is, which is kind of nice. We've got some things in escrow Q1 type stuff that we can work on. And that means really like, and on the acquisition side, no more closings for 2021 sure. and push them into Q1. And we've got some other stuff going on. I mean, I, I always marvel at how this stuff stacks up, but you know, a refinance yesterday, right. big property, a sale, um, kind of pending any day, you know, I might check my email after this and we, <laughs> we may be closed, but right there. And then some acquisition stuff happening, really all piling up in the same week. It's madness, right. yeah. but, uh, that's how these things go. Exactly. Um, but for 2022, you know, we've got our targets and I think we're gonna get a really strong start in Q1. I mean, it's right. fantastic, which Absolutely. should put us ahead of the curve for next year. Excellent. And so anything else as far as 2022, like from an industry th- uh, standpoint that you kind of see happening or right. that, that might kind of especially affect San Antonio, multifamily or anything like that? Right. I mean, I think the the compression of cap rates has kind of been a discussion for many years now, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Several years ago, we were seeing cap rates in the in the sevens or the sixes or whatever. Now we're seeing, you know, consistently in the fours and the compression is 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 across, you know, A, B, C asset assets. There used to be some stratification where... B deals are traded a higher cap and C right. deals slightly higher cap. And now it's really kind of all compressed together. Um, you know, I get questions from investors and, and, and other folks interested in the space about where cap rates are going. That's clearly a, a forward looking guess. Sure. I, I can't possibly see them compressing another two basis points and, and put, put us in the twos. So I think we're going to kind of settle out with where cap rates are now. I think we're going to be in a low cap rate environment for the foreseeable future because the cap rates are a indication of the desirability of a market and an asset class. And, you know, at the end of the day, this is all driven kind of by population trends. And right. we're just seeing high positive net migration into San Antonio. We're seeing San Antonio be a more attractive market for private equity groups in, in, you know, from the coasts, that kind of thing. And I I think, um, I think that continues. Now, San Antonio has always been a great market because it's relative to Texas markets. It's slow and steady. It's not, Mm -hmm. I mean, Austin, Texas is this (laughs) whole other animal. Uh, Ukraine every time I drive down. Right, right. Yeah. And then Dallas is just this massive market, you know, Um, Houston's this whole other thing. So San Antonio, I I just, it's the same thesis we had for a couple of years, but we've got deep knowledge, expertise, experience, and relationships here. And if we can continue buying a handful of deals in San Antonio every year, and, and selling a few, you know, as, as we kind of go through the business plan, um, 
that really satisfies it for everybody. It satisfies what we need for the firm to run. It satisfies, you know, us being able to put deals in front of investors to hit or beat our, our projections. I mean, it kind of checks all the boxes. And then holy smokes from an operational perspective to just spin up another deal in San Antonio and put our existing team right on it. Right. I mean, that is like a luxury <laughs> that it cannot be overstated. Right. 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 So, um, but the cap rates, you know, that's a component. Rent growth is the other just, you know, crazy number. Um, rent growth we've seen since COVID. Inflation in general. I mean, I was kind of on a rant last night for an event we were at about inflation, which is, you know, if you got $100,000 in a savings account, it is just getting eroded. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's really an awful, insidious, invisible tax on all of us. Exactly. And, and so if you're in a cash position, inflation is just eating away at that. And so obviously, you know, that the thesis that being in hard assets, that's nothing new. But I think we're seeing that more than ever now. And so it's a double-edged sword because, hey, rent growth helps all our business. It helps asset valuations, all that stuff. But but also it's an indication of, I think, just very high inflation numbers that we're seeing. Yeah. We're not going to know the true number. The CPI is going to be one number, but that's a right. basket of goods that's, you know, is it fully correct? We don't know. But rent is a very real-time indication of of what's happening. So seeing a lot of inflation, which is gonna which is going to push our rents up, of course, on the expense side, we're seeing payroll inflation and maintenance guys are hard to come by, stuff like that, too. So there's there's always going to be headwinds and tailwinds. But it does make it difficult to underwrite deals. You know, we used to underwrite eh, 3% rent growth for this deal. And it's like, well, you're seeing, you know, sometimes double-digit rent growth. Right. We can't underwrite that, mm-hmm. but we're seeing it. So that's that's been interesting. Um, overall, I think it bodes well. We're buying assets that are irreplaceable. They're, we're buying them below replacement cost. Um, and I think that bodes well for our ownership period. And I think it bodes well for the market, you know, three, four years from now when we go to sell whatever asset we're in. Um, so, you know, high level, I think it's all good news. We're going to be fighting rising expenses across the board. We're going to be fighting uh, supply chain issues, just like the rest of the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're going to have the tailwind of, I think, some tremendous, tremendous rent growth uh, and stay in a low cap rate environment. So those are kind of my thoughts about the future. And I always like to caveat saying, you know, when I sat down in January, 2020 and had all the grand plans, I was totally wrong. So <laughs> I, I will be the first one to point that out. Um, but you know, fundamentally multifamily is a very resilient, um, asset class. If you've got a good operator, your capital stack structured correctly, and you're in a good mar- growing market, um, those are those are all. You know, if you've got those pieces, I feel real good about placing my own capital in that type of a setup. Absolutely. So, should we wrap? All right. Well, Devin, I really appreciate you uh, taking some time this morning to have a discussion with us, and appreciate all our investors and uh, friends and uh, people in our network who are logging on on Thanksgiving when we're publishing today. So, yeah, have a happy Thanksgiving. Spend some time with your friends and family, and uh, can't wait to get, connect with you and uh, in the near future. Awesome. Justin, thanks for uh, for jumping on. Everybody have a happy Thanksgiving. We'll catch up soon. All right. Thank you. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. I hope you found that educational, entertaining, inspiring, all of the above. If you are interested in seeing future DJE investment projects and you are not already on our list and in our portal, uh, you can go to the website, djetexas.com. There's a little button there to schedule a 15-minute call with our team. 
answer any questions you have and make sure you get on that list to see that next project that comes out. Also, if you're interested in being uh, an investor that runs these deals, we've got a free seven module course for you at apartmenteducators.com. Uh, a lot of great free content there to ramp up your education in the multifamily investing space. Once again, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. We always appreciate a five-star review that helps the reach of the show. That's one way you can give back if you enjoyed it. And we'll see you on the next one. Take care. Thank you for listening to the DJE podcast. For more information, please go to djetexas.com.